This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 805 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Driving Radio Show. Get your mental notebook out as Dr. Wendy Ying puts out her top six vitals every horse person should know and some practical advice on taking vital signs on a horse and what those variations you find in vital signs might mean. And we'll get to these tips right after this important message from Fleeceworks. Did you know it's not just your saddle that can cause pressure points on your horse's back? A poorly fitted saddle pad can do your horse harm, too. That's why Fleeceworks developed its exclusive FXK technology. Unlike old-fashioned pad with a hole in the withers, which may or may not lie where your horse's withers are, and features thick double layers right where it shouldn't, FXK is designed expressly to provide your horse protection through his entire top line. And all of Fleeceworks pads are made from pure merino sheepskin and merino sheep's wool to provide a low bulk pad that offers the best thermal balancing properties available. No matter what discipline you ride, Fleeceworks has a saddle pad for your horse. So ask for Fleeceworks by name at your local tax supplier, or you can find them online at fleeceworks.com. When you call the vet... And you say, my horse is sick. The vet needs some information to, you know, kind of make a plan as they're driving over there. So, Glenn, what do you think the very first thing your vet's going to ask you when you say, you know, when you call the vet and say, Doc, my horse isn't doing right? We always took their temperature, and that's always the one thing we gave them. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. I got it right? Yep. Woo. That's the number one thing that, that the vet wants to know. Do they have a fever? So you should know how to take your horse's temperature. It's not very difficult, and one of the things I recommend to my clients is buy a quick-read thermometer, which only takes eight seconds. And those are little digital. You can get them at, like, Walmart uh, or any drugstore, and they cost, like, between 6 and $15. And some have a flexible tip, and you just have to lubricate it a little bit with some KY jelly, and then you just stick it into the rectum, and then in eight seconds it beeps and it tells you the temperature. Hmm. Okay, I haven't tried so one of those temperature yet. temperature for horses between 99 and 101. You know, I think sometimes people panic when it's not 98.6. In, in animals, they tend to run a little bit hotter, so 101 is not a fever in a horse, so that's normal. And what's a high fever in a horse? Well, if your horse, like, it, you know, we're in Florida, so... Like, say you just finished working your horse and you come take its temperature, it wouldn't be unusual for its temperature to be 103. But if it's cold, you know, and that's right after working, if it's cold and they're looking sick and they're standing around doing nothing and it's 103, that's, you know, a big deal. So 102 up, you need to consider that that horse has a fever. Okay, very good. So the next thing you want to know is what's his respiration? Because... Just like with people or dogs or like, for example, my chickens got spooked from a piece of newspaper flying near their chicken coop. 
and started doing open mouth breathing. The, uh, a horse may struggle or increase his respiratory rate if they're under stress. So a normal respiration for a horse is, depending on their size, age, whatever, is between like 10 to 24 breaths a minute. So it'll become more rapid if they, they're stressed or, you know, uh, sick. And, and you test the breath by, you can hold your hand by their nose and you can feel their exhale. Or you can take your stethoscope and listen to the windpipe. Or you can watch the side of their flank move. Okay. Um, and then the next thing you want to do is the heart rate, right? So a heart rate is a little bit difficult to find in a horse because of their body so thick. So with the stethoscope, you stand on the left-hand side of the horse, and you have to really put the stethoscope almost behind the elbow of the horse. And then you have to be patient because they're horses, right? So they're big. So they have a resting heart rate of like, you know, 30 beats per minute. So that's lub-dub. Lub-dub, right? So like one every two seconds. So if you are nervous and you keep moving around, you might miss it or you might not hear it. You have to stand there and wait a little bit. Oh, yeah, and we're so used to hearing our own heartbeats, which are much, much faster. So Right, and if you're taking your horse's temperature um, when they're sick, you're also yourself are a little bit panicked. Right. So you're moving around quickly. Um, another place that you can take the, uh, the pulse is underneath the jaw. There's a great big artery under the jaw, and you can sometimes hold that off. So you can, you know, just hold it off and, and count how many beats you feel in 15 seconds and then multiply it by a four. So um, w- that's a very good indicator of pain in a horse. So if their, uh, resp- if their heart rate goes up, they'll, 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 that's a good sign that they're in pain. So if they're over like 60 beats per minute, that's really a big red flag. If they haven't been working, they're just like, you know, you go and find them at dinner time. they're down rolling and they're 60 beats per minute. That's like, just call the vet. Um, the next thing is gut sounds. So, Glenn, do you know how to hear your horse's gut sounds? Put your ear at their gut? You can't do that, but then we split it up into four different quadrants. Because, you know, there's all kinds of, it's not just like horses have that big cecum where they, right. where they, um, ferment their food and then they have all these I know you've seen colic surgery pictures with like just miles and miles of guts so we listen to all those different sections so if you the some of the sections are on either side right underneath the lumbar vertebrae there's that little triangle you know right behind the rib and in front of the hip there's that little soft triangle you can listen there on both sides and you should hear kind of like a, you listen for a while and you'll hear like, it sounds like thunder in the background. Like that would be normal. You know, it's not very fast. It's just like a, it starts to build and then all of a sudden it's like growling. Then you can listen down like on their tummy area. And um, that is more of a like gurgling and popping sound because that's their small intestine. So you're like gurgling and popping. So if you don't hear anything at all, that's bad. Like no gut sounds is really, really bad. Because that's a good sign that they're colicking. Right. If you hear 
if you hear um, like like metal sounds, like a, a drop of water on metal, or or like um, if you flick if you if you flick their side and it sounds like really a tight balloon or something, that's bad because that's gas. So it's a good idea if to go and listen to your horse, and, and it's best with a stethoscope, but if you don't have a stethoscope, you can just listen with your ear. But it's best to get used to listening to what's normal because this is totally something you can just train your ear to. Okay, so now the next thing is number five is to look at their mucous membranes, and that is their gums, right? Um, so you want to just part their mouth and look at their gums and see what color that is. And bright white's not good, right? No, bright white's not good. <laughs> and like kidding. yellow is even worse. <laughs> so the thing is, um, you know, with people, when you look at a sick person, you can see their complexion. And you say, oh, my God, you look horrible. You know, if you see somebody that looks yes. yellow or pale or whatever. in trouble for that all the time. <laughs> right, right. So, and it's really bad when they're not sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so this is a way, well, when you look at their gums, you're kind of looking at their complexion. You know, and in Chinese medicine, uh, I know you've heard me say this a million times, we always look at their tongue and, and feel their pulse. But when I say I look at their tongue, I'm looking at their tongue color in relation to their mucous membranes. So I am also evaluating their complexion. So a normal complexion is, you know, their circulation is good. It's like a healthy pink, pale pink color, and their gums and tongue are moist. If you see, like, a very deep purple, unhealthy or angry-looking mucous membrane, you know, that is an indication of them being sick. If they have, like, a... Like worst case scenario is really gray and ashy. That could mean blood loss internally. So you may not see that, that, that they're sick from the outside. They may not be physically bleeding on the outside, but they could be bleeding and losing blood on the inside. And then, like I said, yellow is not good because that's a sign of jaundice. Um, however, in horses, sometimes horses with chronic disease uh, have a yellowy tinge. They're slightly jaundiced. So the yellow is not always like a panic state. And the other thing, too, is uh, you want to take a look at your horse's gums and get used to what color they are because every horse is a little different. So you, yeah. want, you want to get used to what color they are so that when you do look, you, you see the difference. Right. And also, you know, barns are really dark. And even if you're in a very open, airy barn, sometimes it's really bright, bright outside and then inside is dark. So even when I'm doing my regular assessments, I, I bring my headlamp with me. And this is a, a good time when you'd want to make sure you have the right, the correct ambient light to, to judge this color. That makes so, sense, yeah. Yeah. So, that's, so mucous membranes, just imagine you're judging their complexion. Then uh, number six, which is related to the mucous membrane, membranes, is capillary refill time. Do you know what that is, Glenn? No, that's a new one on me. Okay, this one is uh, a Probably way... Probably something Jennifer didn't want me to know about because I would get in trouble. <laughs> right. This one is a way um, that we can assess their um, uh, if they're going into shock or if they're in dehydration. Um, it's a way to tell uh, their 
in a, in a very general way, their blood pressure. So uh, we press on their gums with your thumb, and then you let it go, and you count one, two seconds. After two seconds, the little indentation and the blanching, uh, the light, white impression from your finger should be gone. If it lasts longer than two seconds, then they're not really perfusing their tissues properly. And this is important to horses because think about like what is every horse person's nightmare, laminitis, right? So if they're not perfusing their extremities, they're, they're not sending blood to their capillaries to their feet either. So that's a very good sign that they're sick. Now, I have done that before. I just I guess I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, and that's called capillary refill time. So a capillary is the very, very small blood vessels that go to the extremities. Uh-huh. And this you can see in you, yourself. You can test your capillary refill time yourself with your fingernail. You know when you press on your fingernail and it goes white and then you let it go and it goes red again? Right, yep. That's exactly what it should look like on the horse's mucous membrane. Hmm. Just press right above the tooth, and it should be that same thing. It turns white for a second, you let go, and then it turns pink again. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that's half the list, right? There's another six that, uh, that we will talk about again next week. Right. That's half the list. So that's a good start. I think if you've never done this with your own horses, it's a good time to go out and check that, especially if you have minis or um, donkeys or mules. They're, um, you know, a lot of our standard numbers that you would read about in books and things are based on, you know, the average 1,000-pound thoroughbred horse. So your numbers are going to change a lot with a, smaller equines and larger equines to draft horses. So that's a, you should set your own parameters for that and know what's normal. And that's a wrap. Watch this space for the second half dozen of helpful hints on vital signs from Wendy coming soon. For more tips on everything from barn care to websites for horse people, go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the topics drop-down menu on the left. If you just can't get enough of Dr. Ying and Glenn, you can listen to them every week at drivingradioshow.com. You can also find more information on horse health at Dr. Ying's website, fiveelementsforanimals.com. And don't forget, support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Fleeceworks. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.